Okay, there's a lot to talk about. It's that time of the year, people going down to the beach. We've heard of a, a couple of stories of people losing their lives in the sea. Um, besides besides the obvious, which you're going to tell us, is to, is to swim uh, where, the, where the lifeguards are, swim between the flags if you can. Just, just give us a tip and advice, first of all, of if you can, what to look out for on the sea that could be dangerous. Yeah, so I'm, uh, around the coastline, and that's anywhere in the world, you get rip currents, mm. which form constantly at different places throughout the day. Um, you get two high tides and two low tides, um, which have an effect on that, have an effect on the... the we, we've all heard the term that the freak wave, which actually mm. scientifically says that's not correct. There's unpredictable waves, um, and that's natural around the world. That's, that's an, a natural phenomenon of the sea, which is a wild place. Like we, we've, we've gone so far as to say it's like stepping out of your car in the Kruger National Park once you put your, your toes in the water mm-hmm. because you, you're entering a wild environment. And then that's also affected by the twice monthly, uh, you get uh, the, the new moon phase, which lasts for about seven to eight, maybe nine, sometimes nine days, and the full moon phase, which, which brings a higher than normal high tide and lower than normal low tide. So take all of this into account, and you've got your, you're taking your family, you've grabbed your towels, you've got your, your, your lunch basket, you, off you go to the beach, and you get to the beach, and off they all go into the water, not realizing that where it looked like it was a really nice place to swim. Mm. They've all gone and stepped into a rip current, and as the and the only way deep, and as the water reaches you, um, a wave comes along and you jump up to keep your head above the water, mm-hmm. not realizing it's in a rip current, and suddenly you find yourself being swept out to sea, faster than what you can swim back to shore. And sadly, that is the around the world the greatest cause of drowning accidents. Um, around the coastline, hmm. uh, lifeguards are tra- highly trained to spot where are these, all of these different phenomena. Where are the where where's the shore break happening? Where's the waves dumping onto the wave on, onto the beach? And they're posting red and yellow flags away from the danger. And sometimes they move their flags during the day because where it was originally safe has changed as the day progressed. Uh, and then there's a host of other things. They, they're very good swimmers. They're young, mm. but they've got a, 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 as we've pointed out, it's important for the public to know that lifeguards are supposed to have a, man, a massive management structure around them that, that can manage the um, uh, lifeguards physically being there, that, that they're not tired, that they, that they are able to, to do their jobs. They're all highly trained in first aid and that they've got all of the right equipment. Key in a drowning accident is to get a floating object to the person, whether that means a rescue torpedo boy, a Malibu rescue board, a boat, a helicopter with rescue swimmers jumping out of the helicopter, hmm. or an actual person who can, physically, who can swim well. Those are all things that we, that we need to take into account. It appears that there are some places where there are either Lifeguards have completely been um, abandoned as, as an idea, and there are places where it appears that the mindset is, well, we, so long as it's a, it's a youngster who can swim well, 
that's good enough. Mm. And, and, and then also the equipment, things like an automated um, external defibrillator. But if mm. someone is in difficulty, they can be resuscitated uh, adequately. And obviously oxygen, which in drowning accidents is, is imperative. So, so the lifeguards, the lifeguards aren't you know when when they put the flags up and it seems like a really small area and they they keep blowing their whistle at you. They're not there to ruin your holiday. In fact, they're trying to make your holiday better so that a they can see you and b that's the safe part. B in that safe part. Absolutely, they're looking up your safety. They, they are there to prevent an accident, and we can tell you categorically that lifeguards around the coastline at what are you now the twenty. Uh, 6th of December, mm. have literally intervened in thousands of cases around our coastline sure. since the beginning of December, preventing a rescue before it became a rescue. Mm. And just the NSRI alone, where we, we, we've got uh, a black station at some beaches around the coastline, just our outfit alone have uh, successfully um, handled 170 Physical rescue, successful rescue operation. Wow. And, and I can pretty much tell you that from what it appears at the moment, um, that all of the fatal drownings around our coastline since the beginning of December have happened outside of the safety market swimming zones at lifeguards post mm. or at unprotected beaches. But understand also, Israel aren't only talking the coastline, you're also appealing to the public around the whole country inland as well to have a safety-conscious mindset around water, in and around water, and children should always be supervised by responsible adults while they're swimming. Mm. Drowning is silent. If a person drowns, they simply slip underwater unannounced while they try to keep their head above water. They're not shouting for help like, a, like, a, like we sometimes believe they might be. The people watching over a person in the water has to be undistracted by everything else. And at the beaches, the lifeguards are doing that. But parents should obviously also, at the same time, have a responsible person mm. watching over your children. And of course, on inland waters, there are places where lifeguards are on duty on inland waters, and even at swimming pools. But we've appealed to everybody just to have that safety conscious mindset in and around water. Sadly, there have been fatal drowns around our coastline since the beginning of December. And now also um, uh, a case uh, last night in, in Kubaka where a 14-year-old has, has gone missing um, uh, after being stripped out to sea at peak high tide during a spring tide, swimming in a tidal pool, and then got stripped over the wall, not realizing that at that peak, the waves would actually, not, it would, the tidal pool and the sea would become one. Mm, mm. Uh, we, we suspect that is what led to that incident. Uh, and hence, the, the, the importance of having that understanding and, and then also going to a beach and swimming where and when lifeguards are duty. And maybe also raising the issue with your lifeguard, your local beach that you go to. Go and check us. Obviously, don't interfere in duty because they are busy at this time of the year. But let's, let, let's all understand that these are fundamentals that lifeguards are an incredibly important part of South African culture around our coastline at beaches to keep us safe, which they've done for 
decade. The one thing you haven't mentioned, Craig Lambertine, is alcohol, the effect that alcohol have, it has. It makes you braver. Uh, it'll make you go, I guess, you know, let's, let's go show off to my mates, and you don't think, and obviously your judgment's impaired as well. Agreed. Uh, so alcohol and, and water, uh, going swimming, or even for that matter, boating, any water activity is a for disaster. Um, it, it does dull your senses, it uh, slows down your own reaction time mm. if, if you find yourself in an emergency situation. I know different to driving your car, going swimming. I think even at your swimming pool at home, uh, after you've had alcohol, is not a good idea because if you do suddenly find yourself in some kind of difficulty, that's, that's going to play a part, which can sadly at times be fatal. Um, and so we, we appeal to people, don't drink and swim. Don't drink and go boating or paddling or sailboarding, that kind of thing. What do you do in the case, I'm just thinking of Camps Bay Beach, and maybe I haven't been there during the big tourist season, but there are no flags, or, or maybe there are no flags in, in a wild beach where you are. Uh, I was in St. Lucia a while back, and there were no lifeguards there. What do you do in that case? So that, that, that's really important. That actually, there are flags. But, you know, beaches are, are long uh, stretches of coastline. Mm. Let's also take an example of Strand Beach. Yes. The Strand Beach, lifeguards can only protect a certain area uh, 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 because, you know, in an ideal world, you would have a policeman, a paramedic, a fireman, <laughs> yes. a, and a lifeguard on every street corner and every hundred meters of beach line. But in the real world, it's impossible. So that's why we've gone so far as to say to the public if you get to the beach and you're with your family and there are no lifeguards there, pick up and go to a beach where there are lifeguards because often people say, oh, we were at the beach and there are lifeguards. There are lifeguards, but you need to know that you're going to a place where the lifeguards are on duty. Okay. And then the lifeguards are protecting that stretch of area um, uh, using their red and yellow flags. So, agreed, at Camps Bay, and uh, there again, at, at a place like Camps Bay, Strand, Durban Beachfront, uh, people see over the lifeguards all the way down the beach mm. over there within the you know, saying, I want to swim over here, and then they get to a part to see. Right. And then it's everybody's fault except um, their own. <laughs> and and that, 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 the, the, the responsibility of safety is on the individual, first and foremost. But there's a massive response uh, um, to an emergency. Um, NSRI, lifeguards, police, law enforcement, fire mm, service, mm. ambulance services. But let's let's all be responsible and prevent a drowning before it happens. Let's talk about the lifeguards themselves, Craig. What sort of training do they go through? Are they, uh, they're not just students that have sort of been picked up as Lara. You can swim there, go blow a whistle. Yeah, it's it's a selection process, um, and then a lot of training goes into the lifeguards. Um, which is a difficult situation because there's, there's a lifeguard is NSR volunteers of uh, ourselves, uh, our rescue bases. We volunteers where we have our, we, to be a volunteer, you have to have your own job. You have to have, you have to have an income um, because to volunteer can be an expensive uh, um, uh, endeavor. Um, lifeguards, but, but the, the thing about the NSR is that we can respond to emergencies when they develop, which isn't all the time, and we've got a, a, a rotation crew. Lifeguards have to go and sit on the beach for from 10 a.m. in the morning till 6 p.m. In the, in the afternoon every day over the December and for the summer season. 
So they have to be paid some kind of a, a remuneration for what they do. But to get to the point of where you're actually going to be paid, there's a lot of training, a lot of uh, evaluation that goes into that first. So they're taking an incredible risk to say, okay, I'm going to become a lifeguard. Mm. Um, and then once they get paid, it's, look, it, it, it's not bad, but at the same time, it's, a, it's an ex- a highly responsible job for a young person. Mm. Um, a lot of factors you need to be able to um, uh, engage with the public. Uh, sometimes the public who have had uh, too much alcohol and you're appealing to them to be safe. Uh, yesterday we had law enforcement officers have to pull someone out of a lagoon uh, who, who was uh, inebriated. But uh, you know, that, those kind of things are important. And then first aid training and how to use your equipment. And once you've got to that point now, you're actually a lifeguard. Um, then it's a case of, well, now I'm on the beach and now I'm using my referee whistle and pointing my, my rescue torpedo boy to the public to say, hey, I can see you edging towards a rip coast. <laughs> yeah. We put our red and yellow flags here. I'm asking you nicely, even though we can't physically talk to each other, I'm blowing my whistle at you and pointing at you and waving to you to move to the left. That's now the lifeguard physically in action in the hot sun on a beach, but ready to spring into action at a moment's notice. And they really are the unsung heroes. Um, they have, like I say, thousands of interventions already just this season mm-hmm. uh, alone. And uh, it really is a highly responsible job. And we can be very proud of our, of our lifeguards around the country. Greg Lamanon, thank you very much. Media spokesperson of the National Sea Rescue Institute. Be careful out there, please. As it, what did he say? It's as dangerous putting your toe in the water as it is stepping out of your car at the Kruger National Park or in a game reserve. It, it, yeah, there are lions and tigers. Oh, my. Just be careful. It's scary out there, and it does look simple. And I know that I've been to the beach as well, and I, was, I grew up in the sea when I was a kid. And you go out there, and suddenly it hits you, and you're upside down, and you don't know where you are. And panic sets in. It's a thing. Be careful, please.